At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. What the fuck's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Kill the Mockingbird. I'm your host, Sean Chris. Today we got a special guest, the uh, myth, the legend, the spicy take herself, uh, My Maria 777 Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no doubt. It's uh, Thanks for connecting. I, I'm glad I'm able to uh, try to build as many bridges in this community as possible because I see there's all kinds of uh, tribalist tribalist instincts going on like where people are set in stone and rooting their ideas and planting themselves firm in uh certain uh ideologies i would say it's a, a killer be killed world right now to be honest and and thank you so much for keeping I, I know that like it took a while for us to get this uh set up so i apologize for my time delays oh don't even worry like i have plenty of people that get pissed off at me all the time because uh of time delays and i just got like four podcasts deleted i have like another podcast and like somehow the scan disc erased everything my other co-host is not too happy with me but i'm like what do you want me to do <laughs> right i've been there my computer crashed like right as all of this shit happened uh about a month ago so i feel you yeah isn't it great when it all happens at once <laughs> right you get to have it all so uh first i want to congratulate you i thought that was big shots out for uh getting on the tinfoil cast that was that was awesome you and uh human vibration it's funny because i had heard her like a long time ago and i was like oh that's that's awesome that people are like linking up over this so i thought that was pretty cool yeah it was awesome i i got to be on sam's patreon maybe in january or february some sometime around then and his producer was trying to get me on for a long time. So then we got the opportunity. I got I got the opportunity, excuse me, to be on there with my, who I call my twin flame, human vibration. So it was, uh, I, I was so excited because everyone notoriously says like, Sam, you can't get an, a word in edgewise with Sam. And like, we talked the <laughs> yeah, entire time. He, he didn't hardly say anything at all. So it was pretty cool. It's like cool. you won, you know, and you're like round one, let's go. <laughs> right, exactly. No, yeah, that was sweet too. And then plus like, uh, I, I liked uh, Human Vibrations' whole uh, take on the John Bonet Ramsey. Like I was into that. Like, cause me personally, I don't really find myself invested in anything in particular. Like I've been in like like most people. I'm 37, so like most of the things, uh, I've always questioned everything. Cause from where I'm from, we just didn't like police. We didn't like law enforcement. Like right. we just didn't get along. So like you know, then of course 9/11 and all that. Uh, everybody's uh, awakening when. Uh, now it seemed like I went away from it. And then when I came back, there was this whole QAnon phenomenon. So like, right. I was taking yeah, a picture. No problem. And nobody was, I wasn't paying attention to politics at the time, nor was I paying attention to the conspiracy world. And all of a sudden 
there's this like hero and Trump because I was never a fan of Trump personally. Like I feel like he's an egotistical, narcissistic. And then when I seen him running for uh, president, that's when I gave up because I'm like, man, I've been trying to rally this horn for eight years telling everybody about Obama. I was a Ron Paul guy. I was like, I give up, man. You guys can have the country. I just going to live my life. I had my little girlfriend at the time. My daughter was doing good. I was like, man, whatever. Life's good. Not going to worry about it. Then 2020 hit and then i that's how i started this podcast i started this like a year ago i'm sure like most of us like we're just like wow what the hell is going on and i started digging into QAnon, and i found it like interesting and i saw uh, right away i could tell it had like some sort of a jim jones-ish uh mentality of where people were like i'm following this no matter what uh i thought they had good elements into it like involved of like some of the uh things they were like bringing to light like child trafficking but at the same time i felt like it was a weapon being used where now that they could poke fun at child trafficking as where it um basically it desensitizes people almost as if it begins and ends with jeffrey epstein i talk about this a lot how i think the whole epstein didn't kill himself like all of this is a psyop and it desensitizes us to pedophilia and it, but it also wraps it up in this like neat little box. And so I think the the quote unquote death of Jeffrey Epstein or the lack thereof, I think that was an orchestration. I don't know by what. I mean, the Trump administration was in power at that time, but I mean, it was a great red pill and it opened up so many people to just like kind of like watching everything and and seeing it all unfold. And like, that's obvious and that's obvious and that's ridiculous. And so people were finally kind of like their eggshells were cracking ever so slightly. But what happened is that he died. And then we did these little tiny exposés into like Ghislaine and human trafficking and Epstein Island. And then all of a sudden he died and, you know, he didn't get prosecuted, but Ghislaine got arrested and it, it wrapped child trafficking up in this nice little box. And so if you're a layman who might be a little tiny woke or, you know what I mean? Like see things a little bit differently than the person beside you. You just thought, I'm so happy that Trump took care of that. You know, I'm so happy that child trafficking is done. And you don't think about the hundreds, if not thousands, tens of thousands of Epstein's that are out there right now. Yeah. Like that's only like a small portion. And then also that the, a lot of the people, even in both sides of the community, they have failed to realize in a lot of the good reporting of like Whitney Webb, where she exposed that Ghislaine seems to be Epstein's handler. It seems to be some kind of like central intelligence Mossad honeypot, but like on some sick pedo honeypotting where they've been doing this for a while. And I think that's why it because I think we complicate things because we want it to be this like, you know, we watch a lot of movies we have. But really... It's all about Occam's razor. The simplest answer is normally the correct Most answer. Most definitely. I tell people that with my equipment all the time. I've been doing music for a long time. And I'll will rip apart everything. Being like, oh, why doesn't it work? And then like, oh, the switch was off. The whole time after I unplugged everything and rewired everything. And you're like, oh, I should have just looked at the one simple thing. And I do believe that. And I think it's just a lot of manipulation. And that's why I agree with you a lot on the whole psyops thing. I'm not... I don't think I would like argue points of like how it's being done. I think in general, just uh, massive amounts of psyops are constantly happening. And you got to see foreign foreign uh, psyops are happening. Russia's attacking us. China's attacking us, this and that. But our own government's been attacking us. It, ever, propaganda has been run rampant and, and people have not even really recognized it. They've just like played for years, you know, like what was it, 2013 or 14? ish when uh they had that law or something that uh made it legal for propaganda to be used on the american public 
So it was the national defense spending bill, I think of 2013. And there was a, the funny thing about a bill is like a bill will normally originate and it's maybe just like a couple pages and that's it. But like, as it goes through subcommittees and then into the major committees, each one of those subcommittees is essentially attaching pork to it. And so at some point there was an attachment that basically authorized the United States government to use propaganda against the people when necessary. Now, from the research I did, and I haven't looked at this in a long time, so I'm kind of, I could be wrong on this, but this is just going by memory. I think it might have been extended into maybe like 2014. It was maybe like, it was 12 into 13 or 13 into 14, something like that. And then there really isn't a trail after that. I actually think that I have this wild theory that the Propaganda Act first is what allowed Obama, Biden, Hillary, all those people to use the what happened in Russia against the people. Essentially, they took what they were doing themselves, flipped it. I mean, that's the Democratic motto, flipped it and then proffered it to us as if Trump was doing it. And I, I think that the Propaganda Act allowed them to do that. I also think that the Propaganda Act allowed Q to be Q. If there is a Q plus connection to either Trump, the executive branch, the administration in and of itself. I think that the Propaganda Act allowed that to happen. And so, I mean, it's very easy for us to to be on the white hat train, you know, and like just be chugging up the hill and think that we can point the finger at Obama did this and Obama did that. And I I think we're getting to a point where we got to realize that propaganda has been used on us both by the people whom we consider black hats and the people that we consider white hats. And at the end of the day, we just need to kind of stop and look around and think like, I've got to stop labeling everyone and then like putting them in these little tiny boxes because that's exactly what they want us to do. And so, you know, I I think we'll probably eventually get into this conversation, but the people that um, are really on my ass right now and talking shit about me and doxing me and all this different stuff, they don't like me because I want to talk about everything. And so I want to say like, hmm, okay, Trump came out today. And what, what did he say verbatim? He came out today and said, I'm a big fan of the vaccine. I was the one that got it done in record time. Dude, Don, I don't give a fuck about the vaccine. And so you keep talking about it and you keep talking about it. And you've got this narcissistic ego thing going on where you want credit. And I keep looking at members of our community. And so I'll post something like that where I'm just like, you guys, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense. Why is he doing this? And everyone's like, trust the plan, trust the plan, you know, um, don't question the narrative. And, and if I do question the narrative, then I'm fucking hung for but, uh, it. Do you think it happened? And because I- like, this is what I was wondering, because like, I've, I get some pushback, but I think I don't get as much pushback because the entire time, like I've been saying the same, like, because maybe that they felt like, oh, you're betraying what you thought, whether or not saying you are, or you aren't. What I mean is like the way that people are perceiving it. Like for, for instance, right away, I would tell people like my whole thing was, I thought Trump was the opposite side of the coin of Obama. You polarize both sides of the, oh yeah, you, he's, he's the other you side polarize, of the, the same it's, coin. It's CIA 101, how you start a real coup. You, you polarize two sides and make them fight each other. And then a, a, a foreign force, UN or somebody else government steps in and says, okay, we'll take care of it. We'll fix it after both sides has beat themselves down and that's what i saw as the but, whole but trump not campaign. even just that it's just perpetual conflict at every level you know i think the the old school 
connotation of the the black pill, which is again another thing that I'm persecuted for saying right now. But the old, old, old school, the, the the vernacular that has now changed, in my opinion. But that individual thought that the UN is coming at any moment, you know, to swoop in and bring the FEMA coffins, and we're yeah, all like the William Coopers, camp. like William Coopers, early right. '90s. They were talking, screaming off the head, like even Alex Jones in the like they were swearing that UN's about to come in here. We're all in FEMA camps. But so I mean, like that's another part of the psyop for me. So like what you were just saying, like the people that think that that's coming. And they're worrying about that all the time. Uh, what they don't realize is that that might happen. And, and we all might go to a concentration camp at some point. Could happen at any moment. But the real thing is that like the left and right fight, the blue and the red, the blacks and the whites, the whites versus other people, it, like religions, socioeconomic classes. Um, it, it's just, it's looshing at every single fucking level. And you don't even realize that like, that's what's just so ironic about this whole movement is that we're supposed to be so woke and we've taken so many red pills and we're way down the rabbit hole and we're so enlightened and we're vibing higher and all these different things. And I love my followers and I love whomever's listening to this. I I truly do. I care about you more than you ever realize. But uh, if you're going to condemn me for just thinking alternatively to what you think is real, you're no better than where you were when you got into all of this. Like you've, you've actually not grown whatsoever. You've regressed. You're not vibrating higher. You're actually vibrating lower. And so I just sit here and I, I look at everyone and I look at, you know, the shit talked about me and like the pictures of my mom and shit online. And I'm just thinking like, th- this is it. Like, this is the level of it. Like, this is the vibration you've been going for this whole time. Like, Okay, like good for you. What happened to doing your own research? It. What happened to looking into things? You know what I mean? Like what happened to questioning things? But what I was trying to get at, I guess, was like because like I've I've had a lot of different conversations. I have friends that were into Q, some not anymore, some like and I think because like my whole I've been in this stance forever. Like to me it was just crazy. Like I'm like, oh now all of a sudden conservatives know about this shit. Like, you know what I mean? For my whole life it felt like I was going against conservatives. I didn't have to worry about liberals too much. Then Obama came and then I'm like, nah, now I gotta worry about these motherfuckers too. Like I was just like, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm more like an independent, like libertarian leaning. I just I believe in individualism. And I'm like with I that's why I agree with you. Like I think I push for people questioning as much as possible because I don't know jack shit. And until you know that you don't know jack shit, then you start, then you can start learning. And there's so much that we don't know and that everybody wants to fill in these blanks for us. And no, we're, we're going to come up to our own conclusions. And sometimes I will be wrong, but I'm a natural skeptic. I've been since I was a kid. I'm not going to trust people. I got to see it for myself. And even in the Bible, well, for a lot of people that are Bible thumpers, and I go, well, Dowdy Thomas didn't believe Jesus resurrected. And, and Jesus was like, oh, that's cool, dude. And don't even worry about it. I'm going to show you. And, and it's like, I don't get this whole aspect of that with this blind faith. Like, like, and then talking crap on other people for having blind faith. And I'm like, dude, this is just like hypocrisy at high levels. Well, talking crap about other people for not having <laughs> blind faith. And I, I don't necessarily, we can go into a religious discussion if you want. It's uh, not not a discussion in which I, I win many awards, if you will. But I will, I will say there is a very specific reason why Christianity and God is inextricably intertwined into QAnon. There's a very, very specific reason. And it has nothing to do with God or Jesus coming back to save us. It's funny you say Nothing that because whatsoever. my good friend Leland 
Um, shout out to him. He was a QAnon guy and he was talking. Hi, Leland. <laughs> I was talking to him about it. And that's the first thing I told him when I first looked into him. I was like, dude, man, it's very, because uh, he's in, he's like an atheist, you know, like it's not, what's it called? Esnostic or whatever the hell he's. Agnostic. There you go. <laughs> um, and he was like, I was like, dude, this has a very heavy, heavily Christian based uh, movement. And he was like, well, I never noticed. I'm like, you didn't notice? Like, what do you mean you didn't right. notice? <laughs> I did you not see like the trust? the God, the this, that. And again, there's nothing wrong with like, you believe in whatever you want to believe in. Who's ever listening. I, I'm not here to change your opinion on God or Jesus. If you want to have a conversation about it, slide in my DMs. I'm happy to tell you what I think. Go listen to my podcast. But it's just, it, it's so interesting for me to like, I, because I, at the end, like people think that like, just because I criticize Q that somehow, and I get, this goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. People, uh, get upset when they when their perception of my page breaks breaks story or breaks script or breaks narrative you know that they they've put me in a little box now and and they have certain things in which they expect from me and when i don't meet those expectations they get upset they condemn um they push me down in that way uh let me just tell anyone who's listening for any page that you look at especially mine that's my fucking page you know like None of it, all of this ever started was like a, my Fensta and my like means of self-expression and like trying to teach everyone who's in the fucking movement a little, a little, little legality here and here, there, you know, like let's stop posting the sovereign citizen fake indictments that say that Hillary's been arrested. Okay. Cause those aren't fucking real. That's why I originally started doing this, but then to come and like, be like, well, your tone changed or your narrative changed or all these different things. It's like, you guys, we lost. We all thought that like the golden era was coming November 3rd and it didn't. And we lost. Of course, our content is changing. You know, like it it would, what would we be doing if it didn't? And so then I look at the same people that, you know, dox me and stuff that are just like, trust the plan, buy XRP, you know, don't fucking masturbate, gang, 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 gang. And it's just like, what what is like what level of discernment are you operating on? But I think because, because like they you felt said earlier, I think they felt like I'm I'm just speaking, I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm just going looking like a third party in. Maybe that's what I was saying, cause like I saw that happen with my page a lot, cause when I first started it was exactly April 29th last year, and you know, I was posting like anti-lockdown stuff. And I think people assumed, like you're saying, like people assumed like, oh, that's who they are. So they put me in a box. They thought I was a Trumper. They thought like they didn't know any of my opinions. I hadn't really got my podcast going yet. You know what I mean? And then I would post something. I remember I had posted something, you know, it was kind of during all the BLM stuff. I'm not a BLM guy, but I'm anti-police. Like I, I have my whole thing about police and, and I'm another guy. that. So I would post something against the police and everyone's like, whoa, what? The? I'm like, that's my page. Same thing with religion. I, I. It's not that I'm against religion. I just have a lot of questions. The same thing with government. Anything man-made to me can be manipulated. And if it could be manipulated, I want to know why. You're, what are you using that's manipulated? And my best uh, uh, example is the Book of Eli movie. If you watch that movie, it's the perfect example of what you can do and how you can manipulate a society with just one book. I've been trying to get this weed open this entire time. <laughs> I finally got it. I was gonna say, oh man! You I, I was like, this me. is plastic, damn Hit it! it. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, it's really weird. You know, it's it's sad. I think in reality that this is where we're at. After you know, some of us have been doing this. Like that's the thing. Okay, uh, I love Q. 
Q got me into this movement. Q is literally the reason why I made Maria. And I still love Q. I'm fascinated by the possibilities of Q. But you have to get to a certain certain point where like, he's not going to save me. He's not going to save you. He's not going to save anybody here. And like for us to sit, like we've been sitting here for three years waiting on a plan. Like that's not, that's not what this purpose was. You know, like you should like, this should light a fire under your ass, you know, like. Well, I've had a lot of conversations with different people too. And I've asked my things, like, I don't go and bash anybody. Cause I feel the same way. Like I don't really, uh, I've had some arguments with people with flat earth, even, you know, like I have my, like, I don't think any, I just say, I don't know. Like it's 50, 50 to me. Like, I really don't know. Well, definitely like, more but if you have 50, to, if you put me in a box, like I'm because I don't because I feel like the relevance of it, I guess I, I'm telling them like it's something I don't think about. Like I don't ever think about is the world flat or, or round. I'm thinking about who is trying to come up off me right. today. Like that's like I don't I, I'm, I'm, I'm this whole it's just another thing that we're just drifting off on. That's not getting us to the point. But what, but like what is Q, the point? Ask questions. The point is what? Eliminating the government. You know, what I mean, well, like, like your point well, is relative who, to who, someone else's point. My my point is like like oh for sure but I'm saying like when I would bring it up about Q like I would ask them I would say like I get it like I I see where why you would believe that and I totally understand why people voted for Donald Trump I get the whole essence of you know here's the middle finger to the, the to the establishment fuck you this is what we think but what I was trying to tell people is like look at the relationships he has a relationship with Henry Kissinger the Clintons um, not even Epstein not even throwing that out there but uh, what's his name uh, Wilbur Ross Wilbur Ross worked for the Rothschilds for uh, Rothschilds Inc. for over 30 years and then he's in, in Trump's cabinet and 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 he, Michael Bolton I mean what's his name Bolton uh to the uh in his cabinet another warmonger it was just like come on man like how many times can you spin a story and put it into a direction now I, I can understand that there's something happening and in my opinion is that this was some kind of psyop that went that went astray that the people got a hold of. I believe that this was uh, something cooked up by Cass Sunstein. Cass Sunstein wrote a paper in like 2008, 2009 called Cognitive Infiltration, where he talked about infiltrating the 9-11 truther movement on online chat groups. And he was under the Obama administration as some kind of czar. Uh, I believe that he may have had some hand in it with some AI help because with the Tyler and even Microsoft, I don't know if you remember, Microsoft had some AI that they had put on. They made a Twitter of it. I forgot what the name of it was. Within an hour, because uh, it learned off the people it, it, who you interact with, right? And within an hour, it was den denying the Holocaust, calling Hitler great, like, and all this. So I can see that an AI being implanted on a website and then getting, and especially a website like that where there's all kinds of different conspiracies um wild theories of racism or anti-semitic or uh anime like there's just a, such a mixture of wildness that i can see that it can create something like that and then i think someone took a hold of it and in my opinion i think ron did because i i think ron is not a very he's not good at uh lying he's he's very you can not, just tell a, and i watched yeah, the whole go ahead i'm sorry I watched the whole the whole like interview and like I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I don't think he did it for nefarious reasons. I think he kind of like hijacked it. It's kind of like one of those like where you're like, man. I, you know, Here's man, the thing that I good. I find interesting. So I definitely think that there are a number of different authors for Q. Primarily, I think there are two different distinct voices. One and one of which is very uh, binary. And um, almost 
you know, it's like AI. It's like, it's like a computer speaking to you and very like calculated and to the point and, and concise, if you will. And then there's also this tone. And, and I, I'll be honest with you. I have not done a, a lot of research into like when I think this, this time change or this point of change. But, but I do think that everything shifted at one point and it was more about trust the plan. And it, 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 as if the AI had laid out essentially a roadmap or a Q map and then somebody took that Q map and that's the thing about the Q clock. Okay. So it's great. It's beautiful. It's so perfect when it works, but it's so perfect when it works because it works for many different things. So, I mean, imagine you setting all these variables on essentially a, um, a big piece of paper and you can point to any of them anytime to validate yourself whenever necessary on it, this kind of ever-changing perspective. So Ron told me, okay, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I, I don't know why Ron picked me, but I'm, on, I'm the only podcast in which he's ever gone on. He's been on for two episodes now and will be recording the third uh, on Saturday. I don't, I don't know that he is Q yet. I have not watched the documentary. I, I always intended to watch it literally six hours straight immediately preceding this kind of like final interview with him. I want it to be fresh. I want to like, I don't want to have watched it six weeks ago and then be trying to like pull shit up. So I haven't seen it yet. I think that's very interesting perspective, but okay. I'm going to say what he told me in my second interview with him was that Q is part AI, part Tyler, which is really interesting because I brought up Tyler in episode one with him, just like me being very interested in this. And I could, if you listen to any, I mean, the two interviews I've done with him, it's not that he doesn't know how to lie well. I think he doesn't know how to like not tell the truth well. Does that like he wants to tell the truth? He doesn't know how to lie. Well, see, if I would have just, if I would have just only listened to your podcast with him, then I would I would believe I would take you on that. But like after watching the the whole series, and then to me, like I'm like, man, isn't that ironic that like during this whole Q thing, like this guy just following him, and then like he has uh just ironically he has like, well, I was on a plane, bro. Like I couldn't do it. Like come oh, on, I bro. Like I could set my phone to, to like what does to, that mean? To, like yeah, I can I know. schedule a fucking <laughs> podcast. And you had a good pushback. I like that you were, that's why I liked it. Cause to me, that's what I do. Like, I'm not saying I don't believe, but I think that that's my role in life is I play devil's right. advocate. So if someone's going to say one way, I'm got I have to push it. Like, that's what I do at work. Like, trust me, bosses do not like that. But at the end of the day, sometimes they're like, you know what? That, that gave us a better idea. Cause I look at it, this guy on metal that I used to work with, uh, we used to, uh, bend metal. <laughs> like with a uh, uh, press break and he told me he was doing it for 50 years and I was like just a young like just doing it as a temp job and he goes he's like you know I'm gonna teach you and tell you this and that and he's like but tell me if you see something he's like because just because you've only been doing this for a month you're gonna look at it with fresh eyes and see it a different way because I've been doing it 50 years the same way but now you're gonna have fresh eyes so you might be able to come up with a new idea so it, it that carried along with me through life where I'm like, yeah, that's so true. Like everybody's perspective is so important. Like it's a, it's a little piece to this whole puzzle. So I feel like I have to talk with as many peoples and create uh, as many bridges as possible to try to get the final outcome. And to me, what the final outcome is starting to be is to be like, what's the real weapon? 
us. Why do we need a hero? There is no hero. We're the hero. If I can keep working on myself and keep bettering myself, I'm going to put that good energy out there regardless. I don't have to uh, talk about it. Don't ha- I'm just going to be about it. And and I think that's what we have to get back to. This idolization is what uh, just scares me. It, I'm not saying true is real, not real. I really don't know. But the thing that scares me is that if, say, Say just a scenario, Trump comes back in office in September, October, and then he wants to shut down everything, martial law, everybody this, everybody, he has to do that. I've he been has saying to do this the whole time. Every, for the last fucking two years, everyone said, the military is the only way. It's going to be martial law. And I've said, you should never, ever, 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 ever welcome martial law into your life. This is a slippery fucking slope and it might not come back into our lifetime, but by damn, it's going to affect our children's lifetimes and our grandchildren's lifetimes and so on. And so do I think that I want to come back to Q, but very briefly as a, as an actual attorney, I I really am one. uh, I don't know how else you could set up the government. I respect the checks and balances. Objectively, I respect everything. I'm very much a like John Locke liberalist. If you understand that like current liberalism is actually basically essentially conservatism, like classic liberalism. I'm a John Locke liberalist and I believe that the government should have literally no interaction in my life whatsoever unless it is absolutely necessary. And 100% agree. So if we set the government up the way it should be set up with those checks and balances and the agencies don't exist, that kind of unelected fourth branch of the government, then, then it would, it would be a really fucking rocking Republic. I think if you instituted term congressional term limits, then you make it more about the message and you, you destroy the career politician. But, uh, so, I mean, it's all great and good in theory like that, but it, it just, it doesn't exist. What it is is that we we created such a I think the thing that we fail to realize is we created a beast like so if you shut down the military industrial complex, it shuts down a portion of the economy which people don't like to talk about. But there's ways to unsew this and un and, and unwove it. But like it's this American imperialism more so than like a cataclysmic event. You know that's the thing I forgot to say. But, but, but you want martial law to be this like cataclysmic man, you event? Should never, man. I don't. I would never want martial law. I've only called the cops one time in my life, and that was on the cops. So like, I I, I just like don't. I I'm I'm just against like any government intervention. I'm not saying that other people don't need it. Like I get it that there's scenarios. I just feel like I don't need it. But um, martial law to me is just like because once the government takes something away, they don't give it back. <laughs> they never. I mean, they're they're taking things from you every single day. So to really, what COVID is. I'm kind of thinking about thinking about it now for the first time like this. COVID was round one. COVID was the dress rehearsal for martial law. Okay. I got to write this down. This is some good shit, Maria. <laughs> but, yeah, because what they're doing is they're they're seeing they're testing the waters to see who's complying, who's not. Now we know who's going to be trouble. We got the uh, everybody that's compliant is in the system. They have their name, their their addresses, everything. They're like, we don't got to worry about these people. It's but it wasn't about that. It's not really about that data collection. It, it was just a psyop false flag event to see how easily is it for is it will it be for us to take their quote unquote inalienable rights away from them so let's go back to 9-11 9-11 without going into the whole situation in my opinion it's false flag psyop in which uh, we were convinced to become patriots by hating the taliban they created isis they created all this shit 
domestic or terrorist, excuse me. And then it was patriotic to essentially circumvent the fourth and 14th amendments, your right to privacy, your right to due process, because you're not a terrorist. Like I literally remember thinking that I, I was obviously a child back then, but I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't mind being profiled at the airport because I'm not a terrorist. I don't mind that the government's listening to my phone because I'm not a terrorist. That was a fucking false flag. And we willingly gave them part of our rights. They didn't have to amend the constitution. They did not have to enact legislation. We gave it to them. And now we're doing it in the COVID PSYOP and what I call the First Amendment PSYOP, which is essentially the government getting involved in the regulation of speech on the private sector, which is what's happening with social media. But over here with COVID... Yeah, I heard you say about the... uh, uh, What's it called? The What's that? Section 230. Yes, Mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah, when you were talking about it, I agreed with you 100% because that is what the key is. Like, it's... it's, The thing that people don't understand is they're not going to come and just go into your house and take your guns. What they're going to do is they're going to convince other people that it's bad that you do that. And once you have enough people... That's how it works in CCP. Like that China, it makes it run perfect. That's the fucking mask mentality right now. You ask so many people, they go, I don't really like the mask, but I do it out of respect and I do it for old people and I, I just don't want to rock the boat. And you've now become complicit. And and how many times I heard over the last fucking week I was traveling, uh, people at the airport being like, "It's you're violating a federal law by not wearing your mask. And I want to be like, show me the fucking federal law. Like, please show it to me. I'll wait. I literally said that to someone and she looked at me and she was like, I was like, no, 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 no. I want to see where did Congress enact this legislation? Please show me. Yes. (laughs) And they can't because it's not a thing. Because it doesn't exist. But I I went on a plane and I had to turn my shirt inside out. Like, because I had a shirt that it's a Modelo shirt and it had a girl with a thong on it. And they were like, sir, can you please turn it? I'm like, but I was just trying to go home. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, because I get really angry. So I'll be like, man, let me just go do this. And then they even gave me two shots. But I'm like, for real though? Because I started arguing with them at first. I'm like, but how come nobody told me this? Like, I said, I read every single thing on your, uh, your whole, you can't wear this, you can't have this. I was like, nowhere does it say that. And they were like, well, I just, you know, there's kids. I was like, look at all those girls in yoga pants, man. Like, well, for real? Like, you see, swear like they can't see this shit. Like, all of a sudden, it's not even. So here's the real life thing. And there's a cartooned version here, but I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, it's stupid to me. And I was just like, whatever, man. But I like, for me, like, it's just weird. Because, like, now it's just like a lot more people are thinking like me. Because I've always been like, why the fuck we got to do that shit? Like, where they be like, oh, you can't wear your hat inside this building. Why? Well, why could she wear the hat in the church? But I can't wear the hat in church. Oh, because, it, well, who said? Right. And they're like, well, a long t- so a long time ago, something was said and we're still doing that shit. I said, that's stupid. Like, and that's what I feel like a lot of things are. is just like these things we hold on to. Uh, these fake fallacies of life of the, the, well, we always use it. You know, the white picket fence, the go to college, like. And I was always against that. So I think that's why, like, for me, like, this world is this, like, now, to me, everybody's just finally, like, to me, like, oh, welcome. Like, that's how I feel because I've already been against this. To me, already was getting tyrannical. Like, I was saying all this shit, like, to conservatives, like, for real, dude, terrorists, like, are only because we're blowing their shit up, bro. Like, bringing all, having huge arguments. And now some of those people are on my side and I'm like, oh, all of a sudden now. You don't need to say it like, like that. You know, so I it's, it's gotta, been frustrating. You gotta no, no, I'm just, them for- I, I'm just, I'm just saying it like frustrated. Like, I'm not really like, well, I, I communicate, but I'm just trying to be a little comical and just talking a little shit, but like. <laughs> right. 
Well, I think for somebody listening, I always tell people that I don't think you can actually red pill anyone. All I'm ever trying to do is break someone's eggshell so that maybe two or three months from now, they'd be like, that fucking crazy bitch. She was right. She was right. The world is a simulation. But uh, I think people have to red pill themselves. So I understand it's, I think it's definitely frustrating, but every time I see it happen, I'm just, it's like a little red pill angel got its wings. See, I didn't look at it as red pilling. Like I was really like into the whole, uh, like liberty movement, like the whole Ron Paul, like I said, I was like big on that. Like, and just individualism. Like I believe in decriminalizing all drugs. I believe in, uh, no, not fighting foreign wars anymore, only a war that we use actually write a, a declaration of war, not just like, oh, let's go out. Right. Or to actually yeah, protect ourselves. I, I'm more of just like uh, staying at the home front. Like I'm more just let's take care of ourselves. A pragmatic liberal, pragmatic libertarian. Maybe. Yeah. Like, like I guess you could say something like that because I've had problems with both. Like, see, the liberal side, I never really had a problem until and to me, it all happened with the whole uh, Occupy movement. They destroyed it. I was saying like classic, classic yeah, liberalism, and, not, not. And then at that time we all got along during the whole like Iraq war, like we were, on, they were on our side, but after Occupy. Oh, well, nobody ever yeah, got we along. Kind of. And so, and then we all linked up with the whole Occupy Wall Street movement and then identity politics just destroyed it. Like, cause everybody started linking up all sides. Like we were over there, like it was a lot of people. And then like, then it all fractioned. And then after the identity politics, if you look at it, like all the groups, Antifa, BLM, uh, even some of the right wing groups have all came from that movement. I don't know about that, in my opinion. I mean, I, I respect yours either way. I think a lot of those things were created by the government. Uh, I don't know necessarily that. Um, and, and I was using the term red pill just really kind of as a means to describe a, a level of awakening in, in that respect. I don't necessarily, sure. it just, it's, it lends well with matrix conversation in the simulation of it all. Um, but so I, I don't know necessarily that I would agree that those individual organizations actually have their own identity. Cause I don't find that BLM does, um, or Antifa or that type of thing. But, um, I mean, you just, I'm not saying that. I mean like that they, they were those groups and that these, it, like I was saying with the CIA, so like they used, they seen that, oh, these people are really angry. So they created groups and like, hey, come over here. Hey, come over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's how they split it up, I meant. Maybe I didn't really like dissect that. I understand what you mean. The way I wanted to. <laughs> okay, let's go with a little bit of um, kind of like why, like, because like what we're having, right? We're, we're not agreeing on everything, but we're adults. We're two human beings that can go, okay, like, we, I, and it's not like big disagreements or anything, but... We don't have to agree on everything, but we have common goals. Why? I mean, why does a disagreement carry a negative connotation? I don't know. You know? I don't know. That's a great question. So here's, here's a, a psyop that I think exists. I think, and I, I don't ever know exactly who to refer to when I talk about this stuff. So I, I kind of say like the government, the cabal, the shadow government, the deep state, what, whatever that is, the architects. I think... I think there was a very intentional psyop over decades in which we were taught to never talk about politics at the dinner table, never talk about religion, never talk about money, never talk about all of these like huge fundamental quote unquote theories or categories of thought, like th things that we're taught are essential elements of our person. But then we're also taught never talk about them with anyone. Ever. And so that happened 
that was beat into our brains over and no longer was it at the dinner table. It's at the party or, you know, anywhere essentially. And then 20, whatever has happened in this kind of culture has now created that like, we're all starting to kind of, we've got social media. Okay. So we're all children of the internet. And we realize that, you know, not only can I share my idea with you and I on the phone or in person, I can share it with whomever's watching or listening or reading what I post. And so we started to have conversations and talk about things. And what happened is that psyop of never talk about religion, never talk about politics, never really have banter or discord or rhetoric or any of these things. And everyone's, instead of like doing what you and I are doing now, instead of having like a a Socratic method of it, they're all like, fuck you, I'm right, you're wrong. Fuck you, I'm gonna cancel you. I'm gonna dox you because you think differently than I do. And it's just like, like you were saying earlier, one of the higher levels of enlightenment is realizing I know fucking nothing. And I will yeah. likely never know any. I don't, I'm at a point in my life where I, I don't think there's anything as an objective truth. I, I don't think those exist. First, kind of like on the law of conflicting realities. But in addition, like, how will I ever know that something's true? Like, who, who's going to tell that to me? How will I ever evaluate like all pieces of information about like one factor topic? So like, I don't know fucking shit. But you know what I do know? Is that I like to talk about every possible theory that exists. And now I'm like, wait, you guys, you're getting mad at me because of that? I'm like, what? <laughs> How did I get here? Yeah, because I didn't really see you. I didn't see like, I mean, like just, I mean, I'm not right. like checking everybody's posts every day, but I mean, I didn't see anything like. I don't know, to me, out of the norm, like, I mean, like, I didn't, I guess I wasn't like, but I guess it depends on like your perception, like we were saying, like, in my perception, it was just like, oh, it's just something that that she finds interesting. That's literally all that I'm doing. What, what my biggest two like things were as of late that led to my attempted cancellation was a post on Easter about the paganism involved in Easter and the Easter egg, and the Easter bunny, and all these different things. And I, the funny thing is, is my former friend, my no longer friend, Unbearable Deplorable, had posted it like two or three weeks prior. She was talking to me. She's like, Maria, I got fucking annihilated. I lost three or 400 followers. She's a devout Christian, like the most Christian, sweetest, kindest person that I know. And was just like, hey guys, like let's have a provocative conversation on this. And people were fucking canceling her. I saved that post, literally saved it, put a little note on my Easter calendar. And I was like, post this today because that's, that's what I do. And, and so for, I posted that and I got fucking like rigged over in the coals by the Christians. So many people were like, I can't believe you would do this today. I can't believe you would disrespect me like that. I can't believe you would do this. And it's just like, you guys, this is literally my pay. Like, this is my account. I always like post about provocative things. Like I'm always trying to crack your eggshell. I'm always trying to have a discussion. All of my posts are very, very intentional in that way. And now you're mad because this is poking you a little bit. And you're at home now and you've gone to church and you've gone to brunch and you're got all your Easter eggs and your Easter bunnies and you're about to go have an Easter egg hunt with your kids and you gave them all these baskets of shit. Don't get mad because like you're upset about that. Like that internal conversation that I'm provoking ever so slightly when you look around your house and you're like, oh fuck, I think I'm a devout Christian 
But in reality, this entire holiday is wrapped in like paganism and Egyptianism. And I would be like, they haven't seen the zeitgeist. I mean, that zeitgeist has been out since like, what, like 2006 or like, that's where they talk about Horus and, you know, being Jesus and all that. Like, it's not like a, a and, and, and if I don't understand why that would shatter people's reality, because if you have such a divine faith, then that shouldn't even bother you. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't really shatter. It got them mad at me. It, because I, they no, because me, they thought you were because so, like you said they put and, and this is what it is troubling because people do the same thing to me sometimes and I'm like look just because we agree about not wearing a mask doesn't mean I'm ever going to agree with you on Trump that's all right. right I don't go bashing Trump every day I don't do that stuff but like sometimes like I got killed when I posted a it was a meme and it had Obama on one side and it had Trump on the other side and it said Obama hundred thousand bombs and then Trump seven. 70,000 bombs and then they both lived in big places or whatever and people just were like oh man that's totally different and I'm like some dude was like oh man I'll fight you man in an MMA match, MMA match. And, uh, and he was like telling me to go to Philly I was like you're gonna make tell me to drive 700 miles for to fight you at least meet me halfway like what are you talking about man you're crazy man like and it was one of those like uh, those uh, counts with no picture, like two followers I'm like man get out of here because what I do is when people start talking shit I don't even respond like like, if they comment now and they talk shit, I just leave it. But if they start going into my inbox talking shit, I just hit that uh, that video chat right quick. And they go, oh, shit. Oh, you do? Like, yeah, and they're like, oh. And I'm like, what's up, man? Talking a lot of shit, man. What's going on? You don't even know me. You don't even fucking know me, man. Like, oh, no, but I was, yeah, all right. And then usually it's a pretty good conversation or they won't pick up and they'll block me. <laughs> the interesting thing is, though, is that, you know, let's let's pretend you're that individual who's who's listening right now, and you got really upset with me that day, and and maybe you commented, and maybe you sent it or or talked shit on on another post about me. Why? Why are we so triggered now? Going back to the same discussion that we were just having previously, in that I'm scrolling on my Instagram, and I see something I don't like, and instead of disengaging from Instagram, perhaps the literal easiest move of all of, of just continuing <laughs> to scroll. Um, I find, you know, that, that person finds that it's inherently like it's imperative to them to comment and say something hateful and negative and to like pull this loose out, like to allow this post to loose your energy and to like make you mad. And, and that's the thing that I'm using a poor choice of words right now because nobody makes you do anything. Nobody makes you feel anything. You choose to feel everything that you feel on a daily basis. So you look at my Easter post and you get mad and you think I'm disrespecting you and you like have all of these feelings in response. You're choosing to have those feelings. You could literally choose to keep scrolling. And so I think the people got mad at me and then the Ron thing came. Like, I don't understand the Ron thing. I literally. That's why I didn't either, because you didn't even say that it was your. It wasn't my opinion. It was my understanding of his opinion. Because you, because you still haven't even seen the. Yeah, and you still haven't even seen the documentary. You haven't even put all. You're just trying to, because I, and just in my opinion, from like an outsider looking in, it seemed like you were trying to set it all up. Like you're like, okay, I want to kind of like fill them out, get the first one, now the second one, I get a little bit more. I had to establish a rapport, y'all. Everybody was like. Why didn't you go hard on him? Why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you ask that? And I just be like, did you, you really think he's going to come back for a fucking second? N- not even a third interview. If I was like busting his balls right out the gate, like, no, like this is like a trial for me. Okay. So like in a trial, I've got to establish a rapport with you. 
we've got to establish some baseline facts. We're going to go through like a series of events. And then I'm eventually going to paint you into a corner in my line of questioning. And we're going to go from there. But I can't, I can't go zero to 60 immediately. You know, it's just, it's, it's so weird. It's, it's truly, and it's really sad. It like really, like if anything, I don't really care what you say about me. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You can talk shit about me, like talk shit about my look. Like people were saying like, that I get injections in my ass? Like what? I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I really just feel for you, that person who is so triggered and thinks they're so woke and so uh, above and beyond all of this shit. But like, that's the reaction you have. Like, Obviously, like that makes me think like, wow, okay, you need to do a better job at what you think you're doing right now. Because clearly, like, I don't know. Well, because if you're above and beyond it, you just ignore it. You don't even acknowledge it. And that's the thing is when they're acknowledging it, like, it's just funny too, like you say, because like sometimes I'll like, because I'm a shit talker. So I like to get into some of the comments, but like, I'll like talk. And then the people will be like, oh, like. Oh, you're so, uh, you're such a snowflake. And I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, I was just talking shit. Like, I'm not like, oh, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that they perceive it so, f- and then I'm like, maybe I just need to stop engaging. And that's when I started like, you know what? I'm just, I'm wasting my time. I got so much stuff to do. I'm like wasting my time arguing with some stupid person that might not even be a real person. Right, that might, be, might a be a bot or something. <laughs> you know, and it, it might be a bot and might be, there's that one meme that floats around of like some sort of picture of an office and there's people on their headsets and it's like, it says something like there really are people hired by the government to like get online and like post things that are not true and like engage the agitators. And so like, I love that people call me a shill right now. Like, okay, cool. Like, that's like the that's the thing that goes around like you know like a lot of people call Rogan a show and I defend him because I go look like I don't it's easy for someone to say anything when we're not there in their seat right like he has a lot of money on the line and a lot of people he helps a lot of people in the industry you guys I mean he was one of us and then he got offered a hundred million dollars you know like He's a sellout. I don't think he's a shill. He's just a fucking sellout. And he just said, maybe he took to a point where he's like, well, we're not going to fix anything. Might as well just get. And and still, even though he sold out, he's still like finding new comics and new talent and helping people out. And and he's trying to do what's best for him. Maybe it, it gets tiring. He's he's 50 now. You know what I mean? He, he can't do that forever. And when it just wears on you, like look at Alex Jones drinking so much, like thinking every day like this is gonna happen like that's insane like i like to do this this is fun for me and then i just go live my regular life and just be like oh i have this thing it's called a regular life and it's cool too so like it's your 3d life you know and then people get too stuck in this world like where they're like oh my god i cannot believe today he doesn't agree with me i'm like what well here's the thing i mean like we're all i've said for a long time that i'm a larp but really this whole new dimension of of the universe the internet I mean, we're all kind of LARPing on the internet. You know, like I I, I actually physically was LARPing because I, I had one identity and I was concealing my own with this other name. But we're all kind of like living this other life. Like we're, we, we've talked about it for decades. We're the kind of precursors of this like ready player one, this like virtual reality. And we might not be in the actual virtual reality, but we all fucking live in a different world, you know, with... And, and things like Snapchat and um, Instagram story filters and stuff like that are preparing us for that ready player one 
consciousness transfer, you know, altered carbon type situation that I think is probably coming within the next 50 years or so. I, I would agree with you on that because I think that last year kind of proved that when we got locked in and people were kind of like <clears throat> caged for a while. And then when they were let loose, it seemed that they were using those online, uh, the way they talked online offline now when they used to not do that you know how people would be rude like oh you stupid bitch da, da, da. but then they'd see you in person hey how's it going but then it's like it shifted because it started like you're saying it's melding into one and i think that is a slow process that's the way you would do it right right you're not gonna just like, be like i've got some like great theories coming out of this podcast thank yeah. you I'm just like <laughs> well, on it I think that's what we're supposed to do, though. Like, oh, for like, sure. That's why I loved, like, well, like I like listening to your shit. I like listening to, like, uh, James. Like, shout out to James from We The People Radio. Man, for him, to me, I give him a lot of credit because, like, man, I was just starting my page, and he'd be always, like, posting my stuff up and shouting me out. And there's a lot of people in this community that I'm— James is a great Yeah, guy. he's a cool dude. And then, like, uh, he'd introduce me a couple other people, like Seth from Talkie Time and other people. And, like, so there is great pillars in the community. I think that— Sometimes what happens too is like people take success differently. Like, and even sometimes, like, I remember one of my homies hit me up. He was like, Hey, congrats on having 10K Instagram. And I was like, Who cares, man? Like, what the fuck is that going to do for me? Like, the fuck, man? Like, it doesn't give me any money. Like, <laughs> I can do like a swipe up on my stories now. Like, hey, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he like, told that's me so that. cool. He did, I didn't even know that. He's like, Dude, you can swipe up. And I was like, Oh, you, all right. And I was just like, man, I don't know, man. Like, cause I didn't even think any of this. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna start a page. I'm gonna, I was like, man, I got everybody on my family was on Facebook and I stopped doing that. Then I ended up getting my Facebook deleted. And then I was just like, started my Instagram. And then I got locked out of my other Instagram and I was just posting whatever the fuck I wanted. And then I was like, I thought it was cool to post whatever I wanted. And then at first I was trying to be, then I tried to play that little like walking on eggshells, like, ah, I don't want to upset. Then I said, you know what, man, I'm gonna post what I want, man. I do that sometimes too. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like sometimes I have content for my stories and I have content for my posts. And then it'll be like, oh my gosh, oh, that's not really a story type thing. And then I'm like, wait, Maria, this is your page. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like, yes. I'm right they get in you. our head. Like, and, and it's us. No, actually, you're right. It's nobody getting, it's us getting into our head. It's us getting into our own head. Because here's, I love to talk about this. Human and vibration. And I talk about this often. We operate our entire lives based on kind of like what other, what we think, or hold on, let me back up. We base our entire lives and life decisions on what other people think. And if we actually break that down, I'm operating and, and I'm making a decision on what I think, my perception of what you think of me, which is essentially my perception of what I think your perception is which inevitably is really my own perception about myself. But no, you don't unpackage that often. But we like we live our lives and we we're in these matrices, these psyops, all, all these like ways that they control us without actually controlling us. But like the nine to five, the American dream, like all these things, we make these life decisions based on what we think we're supposed to do and what we think is expected of us. When in reality, like, this is a fucking simulation. Play the video Play game. Play the game. Like, stop living in like the perception of the perception of the perception. It's just, it's wild. And, and it's crazy too, because then we do, I think sometimes what blinds us to that is then we find these people that were able to completely like uh, blossom, if you will, or like come 
show them so we feel like that perception we give to that close person is the perception we give to everybody and it's not necessarily because we're interacting with them differently maybe we're more closed off or maybe we're not as talkative or we're shy or we're too pushy or whatever it may be. It's a different aspect with everybody we're dealing with. And I think that the main thing is, is that we can do, cause I can't do nothing about it. If, if you don't like me or you have a bad perception of me, I can't change that. All I can do is work on myself and try to improve as best as I can. And then you could see if the person is, has a, a rightful gripe, like where maybe that their perception of you was bad for a good reason, or maybe that, that it's bullshit and they're just either have some alternative uh, motive of why they don't like you. Because people do find like subconscious reasons for some reason to attack people and to feel as if they're superior. I think it's like that high school mentality. That's why I see a lot on this online stuff is that, oh, like I'm with this group, so everybody's making fun of them, so I got to make fun of them. Well, because it's all about the group mentality. Yeah. It's all about the boxes. It's all about... Clicks and a click is essentially at the end of the day the same box that the cabal puts you in of like the left versus right, the blue versus red, the you know non religious versus the religious or or whatever like two part like the, the two party system permeates not only politics but so many different things in our life like that stuffing yourself into a like box just that mentality. whole thought like, process that you can, of like, boom, boom, boom. like well think about Republicans and liberals in general. They think that they can only be blue or only be red and that there's no overlap in that purple area or that gray area. So, um, I don't know. It's a, as much as you can like think you're enlightened and, and like think that we're all vibrating higher, we are all very predictable, unfortunately, at the end of the day. I think so. And I, but like I said, the only really thing, the positive light to me is that like, but you have a chance to make yourself better every day. Like when people go, oh, that's doom and gloom. I'm like, what do you mean doom and gloom? I don't need anybody. To, you know who wakes me up every day? Me. You know who drives me to work every day? Me. You know who makes money for myself? Me. And I'm not saying there's not a higher power. I'm not against any of that. I have my own thoughts on that. I think I have, I think that god or higher power to me that's a personal journey that i think we all have to go down and there may be people along for the ride for a little bit but at the end of the day it's something that we have to do alone because when i die no one's going with me i'm going to be it's just going to be me so i think that we focus too much on this of life of and that's what i've been trying to do is just like enjoy the moments like, man, I get to go see my nephew and my nieces. You know what I mean? I get to go. My daughter's 18 now. I get to go like uh, places with her. I get to see what she's doing. I get to uh, have friends and talk to them, like just doing music or whatever. It's about kind of like the journey and not the destination. And I think that's one of the problems with religion is that, you know, they they teach you again that there are only two options, that you can only be good or bad or good or evil. And that you can only go to heaven or hell. And so you like live this life of like, like you think about like my grandmother or like people of kind of that age that were really, really into, like she was very, very Catholic, like lived her whole life in this framework in this matrix of Catholicism. And like, at the end of the day, like, did she really live at all? You know, uh, like if you could free yourself from all of those things and you could, think about the journey and not the destination. So, you know, not think about heaven and like all the very particular things and very good things and the very straight and narrow line that I have to walk in order to eventually journey through life and get to my destination. Like heaven may not really even exist. Yes. And so like, 
heaven to me is like where we are now. And like, I want to get to this place where like, it's not about the money or it's not about the nine to five. It's about the journey, enjoying those moments, like doing all those things you're talking about and like living life in that way. Because I could get hit by a truck tomorrow. And personally, I think I'll like jump into the next timeline, (laughs) but I could be, I could be done. And if I'm done, like, you know, if I walked that straight and narrow and was a straight edge my whole life, like, did I really live? I don't know. It's, um, I just want to, I don't want to do anything for anyone else anymore. And you shouldn't. That's how I, I can totally understand that. And I think it's because of like kind of what you were referring to earlier is the social engineering that has like us on this time clock. You know how people go, ah, there's not enough time, man. Man, life's too short. Like, you know what I mean? It's, we're, it's like we're already ready for death. Like when you say these things, these are like putting it embedded in our brain. Like, you know, man, you better do that now, man. Like I understand the purpose of it of like you should, you should, you should drop and try to do the best if you can, but also work on your own time. Like you don't have a timeline. Like I was like getting myself like all frustrated, like, oh man, I got to edit this. I got to go to work. Oh, what if I don't drop? And then I'm like, you know what? If people want to listen, when it's time, it will flow as it's supposed to. Cause I'm learning, I'm figuring it out. I got to stop stressing myself out for what? Like right now you're, you're right now. I look at it as I'm do, going through college. I'm learning this. I'm figuring it out. I'm getting my sound better, trying to learn. Then we get video and do this and that. And then maybe the, at that time, maybe I could make this an opportunity to be a career. But at this moment, I'm looking at it as a, a learning experience. And it, and I think it's better that way. It's so I don't put the pressure on myself of like, then I wouldn't get to really enjoy it. Like my buddy was all mad because those pot, those things got erased. But I was just like, man, we'll just make more. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, I'll just right. we'll have another one, man. You just like can't let anything hold you down anymore. You know, like the world, the simulation is literally your oyster. But at the same time, like I can sit here on my fucking high horse and, and preach all this nonsense, but you know, I still will wake up tomorrow and will struggle with my thought process and manifestation and anxiety and all these different, all these different like weights, essentially, you know, like these ball ball and chains on our legs that we allow us to kind of like weigh us down in this universe. And I don't, I don't know what you think about space and the world and the universe and stuff like that. I think we're all interdimensional beings. I, I think like some more like interdimensional. I'm, I buy into life that because I think it just has to be, man. Like some of the weird things that you just see like in life, like that I've seen, like where you're like, dude, like where when you watch and you're like, man, is the world broken? Like, you know, and, and you're in real right. life. Well, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I think we're choosing to come down to this human experience. And I think that this world, this simulation is so real it's not real but it's so real that we forget everything that happened before you know and and we just get we're we're so obsessed with this idea of having this human experience and the human experience involves all of these emotions you know And, and like feeling everything that we could possibly feel and we get so wrapped up and i think like the smallest of things the most minute of things that we kind of forget that that this world that we chose to come down here and enjoy, like it's all passing us by in that way. Uh, so I, I just want to break my like all these chains that home, have held me down that that I allow to hold myself down because that's it at the end of the day. Like I, I'm at this place where I'm really into like the alphabet and kind of like this Phoenician argument that like the universe was essentially created from words. But uh, 
I, I don't want to become anything anymore. So like when you say like, I am angry or I am sad or I am depressed, like you're literally becoming that emotion. And if you just change the way that you talk to yourself and you said, instead, excuse me, I say, you know what? You're not late, but I'm just making this up. Like if you were 30 minutes late to this podcast, you're going to be like, I feel this way because you were late. And like, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be annoyed, whatever it is. And then I'm just going to let it go. And that's it. But we, we, we want this human experience and we just like hold on to these things. Like sometimes I say I'm a hoarder, not in like the physical sense, but in this emotional baggage sense, you know, I like hold on to these things. I hoard these thoughts or memories or things like that. And I allow them to like those perceptions that we were talking about. I hoard them and I allow them to like control my life and control the decisions that I make. But why? Like what, I find how, with how me, why do we do that? With me, I find it's like a, a struggle between my logical brain and my emotional brain constantly. Like my emotional brain is very irrational and, and wants revenge and like, not necessarily like that, but you know what I mean? Like is more just like, uh, like a bitch. Like, no, <laughs> right? but then like my logical side saucy is bitch. like, yeah, that's stupid. Like why, why are you, then you think like, well, what's going to happen if I do that? Like just in, just in stupid things of where you could be down the street and especially with guys, like girls have to worry about like predatorial stuff. Guys have to worry about like stupid egotistical shit where it's like, Hey man, what are you looking at? What are you looking at, man? And like, then like that stupid shit, like, but do you, you have don't, to you don't, that? but because it's embedded in us, like, because we've allowed it, especially at a young age. Cause you know, they say that you're programmed, but like from when you're born to seven, that's like when the hardware really like you still learn stuff and, you know, but that's when your core is. And I think that like during that time, like at the end, you started like meeting friends and then it becomes like someone has an older brother. And then, you know, you, you don't want to be the little bitch. Like if you're the little bitch, like and I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's a constant struggle for me. And I, and I think it's a, for a lot of men out there that, that won't talk about it. I think it's this struggle of like where we're like. Oh, I got to be the tough guy or I got, and I've learned a lot in my life and I, and I have got to talk to a lot of friends too, where I'm like, well, is it worth it, bro? Like literally like, is it worth it? Like, why am I going to fight this fool? Like I find unique ways to like talk shit to people. Like one time some dude was this big ass dude, like six, three, like one of those UFC, I was UFC gym. I'm like, Oh, here we go. And then like, uh, uh, we're outside smoking cigarette and he's like, man, I'll knock anybody out. And then he comes up to me, I'll knock you out. And I go, all right, for sure. I was like, check it out. You might knock me out, but before you knock me out, I'm going to throw up on you. And he said, what? I said, as soon as you swing, I'm going to project out vomit all over your shirt. Guess what? You knock me out. I get up. I get a drink. You go home. You got to throw up on you. And that fool just walked away. <laughs> it's because you got to like, because I started to have fun with it. Because now I'm like, like, I don't think that I'm super intelligent. I just think that I know how to figure out people. So I try to figure out people. You need to, you need to say like, I, I am intelligent though, you know? You're probably like that, right. Just the way you talk to yourself right there. That is a good point. And I think that you are right. I think it is. I totally agree with you. It's just like, I'm at the beginning phases of that where like, I'm like, you're doing right. good. You idiot. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like split right. up still. It is a work in progress. It's tough. It's tough to like, it's easier to accept somebody else's, and for me, to accept somebody else's failures or shortcomings or mistakes than it is t for my own. Like for me, I'm like, it's Most the end definitely. of the world. Totally agree. Totally agree. Some like childhood trauma we have that like makes us be these like perfectionists and like hold ourselves to impossible standards. And then, uh, you know, 
then hold ourselves to even other impossible standards because we didn't meet the ones that we originally created for ourselves. The fucked up world we and live. And then sometimes you hold yourself down even more because you set those impossible standards, didn't meet them, and then you're like, I give up. Like then you're like shameful. Yeah. Right. Then you're like, I just give up. I'm not doing this anymore. And but I have come a long way. Uh like I'm surprised I'm still doing this. Like I hate being like on like I don't hate being on the camera, but I'm not a big on like taking pictures and like all that stuff. Neither so am I, I. You know, that was like a whole weird thing for me. Like I like I, when I do this right now, I'm like, where do I look? Like, do I look here? Do and this is only audio, like, so I don't I don't do Oh, I no, thought you no, were videoing no, no, no. it. I mean it's on just so I could see like Oh well shit, we're fine now. <laughs> God damn, I've been wearing this whole time. <laughs> That's a good one. I redid my uh, makeup for you. Oh man, my bad. I because I, I don't have it. I don't have it set up like that. I don't want it to like. I want to do video until like I have like the right cameras. <laughs> no, I feel like, well, you know, you can record through. I know, Zoom. but I do it on my phone, like so it's like all jacked uh, up. Yeah, like I run everything. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, well. Now, sir, I'll keep smoking. Then I was like, I need to stop smoking. People can see this. But um, I think that we are working on ourselves. And podcasting for me personally has now become something that does help me even. It makes me be able to talk about not just wild, crazy theories, because I think all the theories boil down to what? Us. Like, I can talk about a cabal. I could talk about the CIA. I could talk about presidents. We could talk about gangs, anything. But when it boils down to it's what am I going to do? How am I going to control my life? How am I going to perceive this? How am I going to make this beneficial to me or work in a way that I can accept and dissect it? And if we look at it like that through that lens, I think it becomes more it becomes easier. But when we look at it like, oh, well, I didn't go to college and but my sister did. Now I'm a, I'm the shameful one. Or, hey, my my brother has kids. College is a psyop. Exactly. Well, man, don't even give me, I, I don't know about psyop. Well, probably. I mean, because all a psyop is, I think people take the word psyop out of context a lot. I'm like, dude, it's just a psychological operation. It's a very, very negative connotation to psyop. That's one of the like biggest like issues with my account lately. Hold on. <coughs> <coughs> excuse me my literal favorite phrase right now <coughs> shit <coughs> is everything is a psyop because it is but like let's break that down so i call q a psyop all the time and people lose their shit over that i call religion a psyop people lose their shit over that at the end of the day psyop is like a psychological operation that is intended to convey a certain message to a specific individual that's it. So like everything is a psyop. Yes. And, but like, think about it like inception, you know, a psyop is implanting an idea in your brain that you would not have had otherwise. So like to say religion is to say Q, like Q is a psyop. Q had a, a very specific purpose, a very specific psychological operation. If that's benevolent for you, that's one thing. It's that if that's malevolent for you, that's another thing. So like, just saying in general that something is a psyop doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it good either. It just is. It's just some group trying to influence another group's perception, understanding, theory. It's just a fancy word for manipulation. Like we manipulate people in our day-to-day lives. It's a synonym. You know, like they, it's something we all use. Like I think we've all used some form of manipulation to try to get our way or to get out of something or to make the outcome favor us. 
And that's what they're doing, whether good, like you said, whether for good reasons or bad reasons. And really, when you look at good or bad, that's all perspective of what side you're on. Like, if you're like if you're a Palestinian, then you're a good guy and Israel's bad. But if you're in Israel, Israel's good and Palestinians bad. Like you said, it's always this good versus bad, evil, good. Like every aspect of what you look at it, whether it's religion, uh, race, or culture, that, that's how they pin it against you. You're on the good team. So everybody thinks they're the good team. Nobody th goes and be like, yeah, we're the team. Uh, we hate people and we kill like kids. And like, no, like everybody thinks they're the good guys. Even even Hamas or even uh, uh, ISIS or any terrorist organization they could call, which I know we all know is some phony shit. But I'm just saying if you even look at it on the surface level of what someone else might see, like a terrorist organization, do you think they think they're bad guys? Do you think they're like, oh, we're the bad guys? You know, and the, no, they think that they're doing something good. Like, it's obvious that everybody is pushed into this social it's really social engineering and all these think tanks that have just had control and sway and influence on a lot of our political figures like i mean i know everybody knows rockefellers rockefellers most of their institutions they've been tied with our medical institutions which is why most doctors now pretty much just prescribe and push uh, pharmaceuticals and don't look for alternatives unless they're like die hard passionate a lot of people for for some reason because of this fake psyop that you're talking about they go to school just to get a certain job to get a certain amount of money not because i love a uh, uh, law school not because i love now i'm not saying everybody i know I'm, i know i'm generalizing but i'm just saying a lot of people i've encountered especially a lot of teachers and nurses uh, that i've encountered in my life that they just went there because they're like so it's it's a good it's a yeah 40 grand a year 50 60 grand a year that's cool like you know what i mean they think of how much they're gonna make and to me i'm like dude that job's so important you can't think like that you have to be passionate about it I completely agree. Completely agree. And same thing with like police. I say the same thing with police, teachers, um, like like a public defender. I had a public defender. Man, that was the worst ever. Like I was like locked up. I had like I was like in my jump, uh, orange jumpsuit with my handcuffs on. And he goes like goes up there and I'm like, dude, like just tell him like time served because it's all it was is like some disturbing the shit. Like I was just drunk yelling and then I got tased. So then they called me for uh, what's it called? Um resisting no 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 obstruction okay obstruction of justice and i was like man that's bullshit man that fool was talking shit and i was like whatever right i tell him go tell him like time served and he goes all right he walks up to the da i'm watching him and he walks up turns around and he goes he said no i'm like dude i just seen you didn't even ask him nothing like you're not even giving me any like advice you're just like just take it bro the d right. okay so let's talk about the public defender let's talk about law school in general very briefly and it's not even like you're talking about the people, the nurses, you know, that want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So they become a nurse. But what I think is such an interesting part of the job nine to five PSYOP are the fringe benefits. And people have become so obsessed with these benefits. So, you know, they convince us to go to undergrad. They convince us to go to law school. We take out all of these student loans and they also tell us that we can't work while we're in law school. Um, that that's forbidden. So you're not only taking your like actual loan out for your school, but you're taking out loans to live on. You end up walking away with, you know, a hundred something thousand dollars in, in debt. Well, for me, like I was like, I'm going to get into the private sector. I'm going to fucking kill it. And I'm going to pay my loans off as quickly as I can. It didn't, I didn't originally get that way, but I eventually got that way after making a multitude of mistakes. But I had so many friends that got out, became district attorneys and public defenders they don't enjoy what they're doing. They don't make great money. You know, if I went 
killed myself in law school and or school in general for seven years, studied a test for six months, and then finally took it. Like, I don't want to make $40,000 a year. I want to make $50,000 a year. But all of my friends got out of law school and went to these like $45,000 a year jobs because if they worked for the government for 10 years, the government would forgive their student loans. And I looked at them and I was like, wait, you realize like you could come into the private sector with me. You might not do the same things I do, but like you could make X immediately and pay your loans off faster and be happier. And they're like, no, 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 Maria, you don't understand. Our loans are going to be forgiven. You know, we just have to make, you know, the exact payment over what? 120 months? No, more than that. No, 120 months. I don't know. Whatever it is, 10 years time. And I just kept looking at them and I was like, this doesn't make sense. But they're so obsessed with good health insurance, uh, student loans, you know, my 401k, all, like checking all these perfect little boxes. And like, it just, it's so wild. And I, they'll freak out when I tell them, you know, I'm self-employed. I don't have health insurance because it's cheaper for me to pay cash than it is to spend $600 a month on health insurance through fucking the Obamacare exchange. When like I get sick a couple of times a year and I go to the lady doctor. Why, why would I spend $7,000 on insurance? And I could just spend like, what, like a thousand if that? Right. Less. So like, why are you so upset? I mean, obviously health insurance comes into play with kids and other stuff. There are other arguments other than like the single female, but I was just like looking to them and thinking like, why are you taking this job that's paying you 45 fucking thousand dollars a year after you went to eight years of school because you're worried that like you might get in a catastrophic incident at one point in your life, which is completely like the acute possibility of that is so small. And what if it just was so bad that you just died? Like then what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. There, anything can happen and to live like and I agree like also people like that whole pension aspect of it mm-hmm. but to me it just handcuffs you because like people go you can't retire to 65 I'm like why I was you like my, my retirement 65 you can't yeah. live until 65 you can't do all That's these ridiculous like when you're almost dead like right like, I feel it was an interesting like perspective for me to go through like I, I went through law school I graduated I have my job and like my brother and I are only like 16 months apart. So we're like very, very similar, but we're also very, very different. And he was really struggling kind of like finding his identity through like in general and like working, you know, he went to school and he got this nine to five job in marketing and he didn't like it and ended up quitting and uh, becoming a bartender for a while. And I was on kind of my like holier than thou like point at that time. And he's like, you know, Maria, like I don't, this doesn't make me happy. And like, I want to do something that makes me happy. So like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, you know, people live their entire lives in like work jobs and they're never happy. They just like have to do what they have to do. And while I do believe that's true at some point and that plays into like necessity, like that was so NPC of me, you know, like to assume that he needed this like perfect nine to five job and that he had to live in this like box that I had created for him. And so now I'm finally getting to this place where I'm like, fuck cities fuck the nine to five, fuck working. I, you know, I somehow need to figure out how to make a bunch of money so I can go live off the grid and, and not be bothered by any, that's the fucking rat race of it all. But I, I, I look at him now and I think like, wow, like you really judged him. You really 
put him in again into this box of thinking that like he wasn't living or like he wasn't doing it right if he didn't have a good job and like like despite any happiness he may or may not have you know and, and so that's like the things that like for whoever's listening like I didn't know shit then I don't know shit now but like I can look back and I can evaluate and I can say like I was wrong about this and this is how I'm trying to be better today and tomorrow like if I can't have that conversation with you like will, will I, would I have ever figured that out I don't know yeah I think I think that it it's tough like at those times you know because we're invested or rooted into certain beliefs because whatever reason like a lot of times brainwashing uh, on some goals. level you know yeah, because and and it's tied with our goal. You know, your goal is like I have to get here, and the only way you get there, and you know, people are like, "Suck it up, man." You know, you got like that whole mentality. I I used to live like that too, and like now I'm just like, man, I could care less. I'm like, man. Sometimes I'm like, man, if they fire me from my job, I'll be like, whatever, dude. Like, and I like my job, and I like everybody I work with, but I just feel like all it's gonna do now. I just see all the negative, and I'm trying to use it as like something to ignite me into something further and farther because I have more, I know I have more to offer this world. And, and, and like you said, you got to be more, um, proactive of telling myself like, you know, Hey, you could do this. Like, you you're do the that. shit. But I, I'm going to fucking figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'm a badass motherfucker. Like, yes. Talk and I think part of it is what you were saying is like going back and then going, you know what? I remember when I was like this to this person. So maybe that, but now that gives you perspective. So if somebody were to say that to you, you'd kind of like maybe not be upset with them because you'd be like, you know what? I was kind of like that. So I could kind of, you know what I mean? You could relate well, I, to it I, and you could understand. I see it now. So I'm I'm starting to talk to people about, you know, hey, like I'm this, you know, bad litigator, badass litigator that I think I am sometimes. You know, I'm an attorney and I'm using my law degree in all the fucking ways I'm supposed to. And now... This like doesn't doesn't bring me any sort of like pleasure. It doesn't bring me any sort of like happiness anymore. It's just like this loose thing all the time. So I've started to tell people like, oh, you know, like I'm thinking maybe I'm going to move to Montana. Maybe I'm going to move here. I'm going to open up this new business. And they're just like, oh, are you not going to practice law anymore? And I'm like, I don't know, but like I hate it and it's not doing it for me. And you just watch their face change because they like, had put me on this like attorney pedestal. And now I'm saying I don't want to be that person anymore. And I can just watch them like they're changing their perception of me in that time. And and when you get to that place and you can obs- be the observer, that's interesting because it's just like, well, you know, I don't yeah. really ever want to fucking talk to you again. Okay, check. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> right. But you, you definitely, I think it's good to like, I find that I have certain anchors in my life, certain memories or just these kind of like signposts in time and every every time I go through like a new level of enlightenment or understanding or whatever you want to fucking call it vibrating higher I go back to these signposts and I reevaluate you know what I thought then and what I was thinking now and so the you know again I don't really think I'm enlightened but like the more enlightened I get like I look back and I'm kind of perceiving things differently than i did then so i think that's yeah because you can go back and look at i I agree that's what i was 
was trying to get to too is that going back and retracing your steps and then you can encounter those problems or anything much better and you can handle new situations because you learn from that old situation so it builds off of that and and each encounter i think with humans is like i've always liked to talk to people i've been big on talking to people you know bullshit and uh I can do that. Like I could talk about some people talk about me with cars. I don't know jack shit about cars, but I'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I yeah, could just like bu- talk you're a bullshitter. like bullshitter. Yeah, I'm a bullshitter. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. But I just like people and I like interacting because I think people are fascinating. Like honestly, people are always like, Oh man, humanity's bad and this and that. Like and when I hear Doomer and like if someone calls me a Doomer, then they don't ever hang around with me because I love people and I think that really the whole the beautiful part of the world is meeting new people like just like random people like where i'm at like walking or see some old man on a bus stop and you just talk to them and they got some crazy stories like i've met some of the craziest people like whether they were homeless or whether it was a drug addict dude or whether it's just someone you bump into i always attract people like i'm the person like when every single time i go to the grocery store some little old lady is like sir can you please move this for me and i'm like all right yeah but you're putting out that like good energy you know and yeah, now I'm starting to embrace it now, though, because then I would, you know, like, because like I said, it's like this, like, it's ego. It really is ego, you know, and especially like that, the, the, the machismo, the I'm badass, I'm the fucking, you can't like, it's not about not helping people, like, because it's not like not manly to help people, but it's just like, it just feels like you're always like on, like, am I doing a bitch shit? Am I looking like a bitch right now? Like, you know, I'm now, now I'm not like really thinking like that, but I'm saying like, especially in my early 20s, oh, I, early I 20s was so bad. Like- is that person looking at me? Like, is that person, like, are they looking at me? Like, do they think this about me? Like, what are they thinking about what I'm wearing? Like, I would go through these like entire fucking conversation in my head with this person in like a matter of like a split of a second. And that's another, like a universal, if there is a universal truth, even though I think there's not, uh, nobody's fucking thinking about you. Nobody's like, (laughs) nobody's like judging you or caring about you. And even if they are and you walk past them and you never see them again, who cares? I, know. I, to, I don't know why that matters. I so get much. so wrapped up in that shit. Even I catch myself doing it at the mall. I'm like, oh, are they looking yeah. at me? Like, why are they looking at me? Like, wait, Maria, chill the fuck out. I can it so relate to that. It's not that serious. <laughs> like what is it my shoes there's something on my shoes did i step on some shit and then i'm like worried about every single thing like because people always be talking shit about me because i'll be like man i got hair on me or like like and it it is because like nobody gives a shit like really nobody except me i'm the one that's like worried about it and now i'm kind of going back to like but i do have phases where i don't care but i notice that when i'm in those phases of not caring i'm more like secluded you know like of course i don't care because i'm not seen as a little bit you know i think that's that's my like I put up a meme today that says like, this is my daily existential crisis. But I think that's one of the harder truths of what we're doing here is that like, yes, everything is a psyop. Yes, everything is fake. Yes, like your government doesn't care about you. I don't think your religion cares about you either. And the more that this like, you kind of chip away, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, like, if I am this interdimensional being and I did come down for this human experience, like this ain't it. You know, I don't work in the corporate world, but I could only imagine like in an actual office type situation, like where there is a water cooler. And it's so like you had to fucking wear a mask and like that kind of corporate life. Like how, how could you like finally wake up and be like, this is what I put myself into. And like, what? And like, you just begin to like 
disassociate more. And, and that's like where, where I'm struggling right now is like being this like 5D in this like 3D world, like taking that like, and I used to have like my Maria Larp hat, you know, and my normal person hat, you know, and I would kind of put those on at different times during the day. So now I have that. And then I have this like gigantic hat on top of that of just being like, what are we doing here? Like, what am I doing on my phone every day? Like, I just don't feel like I'm living, you know? And I, I think that's just like a negative side effect of all of this. And I think though, but since you're able to uh, acknowledge that and see it, that's good. Then that means you could be like, you know what? I need to book a trip or I need to go somewhere. I need to, that's what I've been starting to do too. And not procrastinate. I, now what I've been telling people like, I'm planning like a trip for like on like a family trip, but I go, hey, check it out, guys. I'm gonna go on this. This is the weekend I'm gonna go. I'm giving you plenty of time. In two weeks, I'm gonna hit you up and I'm gonna buy the tickets for everything. If you don't want to go, no hard feelings, but let me know. And then I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna wait for you, but I'm putting it out there instead of waiting. A lot of times, what I would do is I would wait for people, and now I've become like I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm right. not. I would always be like, oh, okay, we'll get this going. Like we'll especially do it with next music, time we, or it doesn't work out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next time, yeah. Oh, I'll wait for him. He'll finish this. And I'm like, ah, man, I'm finishing everything without them, with or without them. And not on some, like, of course, if they're with me, they're more than welcome. But I'm not going to wait and pause my life for anybody anymore like it's just ridiculous it, it it's you're right it feels like you're not living and then that's why you get more angry and i think some of this is why you see a lot of infidelity in like marriages and stuff because we're living this fake life so that like, we it, thought we wanted you know this like and you did 2.5 yeah. kids white picket fence five hundred thousand dollar mortgage you know you, you contribute to your 401k like you're doing all of the little things that society and our parents and told us that we wanted and i think people finally start to maybe wake up in their 40s or 50s and they're just like this is not what i signed up for and then they seek to feel something and that normally leads to like an infidelity type situation i would encourage anyone who's like in that like seven year itch or not not even that person i mean that person but not just that person just to piggyback on what you're saying fucking solo travel it is where it's at but obviously you can't always solo travel. You got family and stuff like that. I, I have a really great best friend, but we are two people that go on a trip together and there are no expectations. It's not like, like the problem with us as humans is like we're attaching emotion to literally everything. But she and I can say like, we're gonna have brunch together and then I'm gonna do this and she's gonna do that. And if you wanna come with me, come with me. If you wanna come with her, like there are no hard feelings. There are no expectations. Like this is your trip just as much as it's my trip. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And if we end up doing things together, that's wonderful. We almost always do. But I really like what you were saying there. Like when you feel like you're disassociating, like go somewhere, go on a trip. I keep going to the mountains, like the mountains and like the energy is like calling my name. And I, I don't know. There's just something about traveling and like connecting in that way. I encourage anyone or even if you can't go that far, like look for a little trail by you. There's always trails somewhere. And even like, yeah, like any kind of like, because I know that not everybody, like I'm able to do that. Like my daughter's already older and like I can go places, but I know there's people that have like like young ch- ch- kids and stuff like that. But like, yeah, just find any trail, any part of nature. I think nature is a huge part of it because like even on a beautiful day, you feel the stillness of the, the world. It kind of makes you feel like it doesn't matter that it 
doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I know that doesn't make sense, but like, it's like, you're like, you're actually cares? having like, that human experience. Like the thing yes. that we allegedly came down here for. That's all I want to do. That's what, for me, I will say, I always tell people, I, my childhood was great as in that point. Like, we, I, I enjoyed the human experience really good as a kid. Like, because, like, I was in nature all the time. I was always just, like, seeking new things, uh, riding my bike and off-roading, like, you know, doing, like, snow shit. Like, all kinds of different things that just, like, it made me just love. And, and I think that does maybe that what makes on more and build up these uh, depressions and anxieties because, like, we're, we detach from that. You know, we had a, a portion of our life, just my first 10 years, maybe 12 years of where I'm outside. Even when, even I would say in my teenage years and twenties, because we were hanging out, drinking and partying outside. I was so outside and always walking places always. And then I came into this where I'm like driving everywhere. And you know what I mean? I only go out sometimes. And then I'm like, well, who's going to be there? And what's it going to be though? Like, and the reason that is because I'm tired of going to these like, um, well, I'm from California now. I'm in Michigan, but I was tired when I was in California. Like all my friends wanted to go to the same bar all the time. And you're like, dude, so we're going to see the same people we've seen since high school. Like, come on, man. Like I want to go experience life. Like I want to go, Hey, let's go. Do, I was like, even cheap. I was like, let's go on a, a, a cruise. I don't know, man. I'm like, dude, it, it, you pay it off in a year, bro. Like it's not even that expensive. Like, all right, let's go to Vegas. We live close to Vegas. Like, well, ah, like, and then if we do go, everybody's like, ah, and then they have their wives. So sometimes it would just pull bad. And and I think you're right. You got to do that solo trip. That's where I was like too much wanting to make it happen. Like, oh, I want my friends all to go when the, when I want them to go, and it or they want me to go when they. And it just doesn't work. You got to just accept it. Now I'm just like, hey, I'm gonna be here. You're more than welcome to come, but I'm not gonna wait for you. And <laughs> if you come later, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be gone. I completely feel you on that. It's uh, it's funny how it takes. I don't, you said I think I think you were thirty seven. I've really had this kind of like, really, really like internal awakening, especially within the last year, maybe like the last sixteen months. And then I sit here and I think it like took me thirty three years to get here. Like wow, <laughs> you know. But I'm finally here. It's just like I'm ready to change the fucking world. Like. I'm tired of sitting behind my phone. Like I'm tired of, I love what I'm doing. Don't get me wrong. I love, 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 love podcasting. It's funny. You were saying that you like to have those conversations with people. And that's why this is so easy for you. I'm so like, can be the loudest person in the room, but I can also be like the, the quietest person in the room. And I do a lot of like observation. And so it's, it's easier for me to talk in like this setting or like to talk to everyone listening than it is sometimes for me to like, I don't know. Like, I don't even want to go down those conversations with people I know sometimes. I don't know. It's just weird in that way that like nobody around you can understand you, but 10,000, you know, people that you've never yeah, met before uh, know you better well, than Well, I can else. relate to that a lot because um, doing music, like you're, the people around you do not support you. Like they're like, oh, like they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Like you'll get stuff like that. And I, and what I learned is because I think because when you grow up with people and like they, it's weird for them to see you on a level different from them. So you're like, you're on this level now. It doesn't make sense to them. They're like, well, we all went to the same high school. Like he was an idiot or like, you know what I mean? Whatever their perception of me already is. And I think that that's when you kind of see who is really now these last, like I would say for me personally, the last five years, I've really got to see who is my real circle. Like it, I, it thinned out the herd a lot. Like, and now like the, who is left standing a lot of like, not necessarily 
as public as yours, but I had a lot of like, I had some falling outs that were like bad rumors told about me that was not true that I never addressed. And on my other podcasts, I'm going to address it eventually. But like just stuff that was told about me that's for 10 years, that's bullshit. And then like all this new, and then the person that told like all this bullshit about me, it's so weird how the universe works. Like his new best friend, his best friend that he hung, hang out with all the time just turns out to be some fucking pedo ass motherfucker that just got caught up. And I was just like, see how that's crazy. It's like the universe pushed me away from that person. And then now look at the, the dark cloud that's over their head. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe there is these, it's starting to make me realize the decisions that I'm making are starting to be good. Maybe I am on the right journey. And then doing this it, i'm sure you can attest to this like even though there's people that like hate or like try to be a little antagonist for the most part there's really dope people that like oh, i have so many great are, conversation with those comments are few and far between it, yeah. in the actual grand census of things uh but i will piggyback on your comment and say like never has it been more apparent in the last six weeks that you got to go through a friend purge sometimes. And like the people that I thought were my closest friends, like the people that had my back in this community, I didn't hear from one time uh, through all of that. Or they have now like blocked me or like they, they like joined that team. And that's what it's just like so sad. Like, it's just like, you guys, I'm just here like telling you what's in my mind, like showing you what I'm thinking about, which you know, a great deal of you find extremely interesting and, 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 and think similarly to me, but to think that like, I lost friends because of that, like friends, I thought that I was like, wow, I had two friends I've lost that we literally like called ourselves like a soul tribe, like that, that like we were soulmates in, in the sense, in like the platonic sense that like we came down here, like this was our soul contract. Like we had to have made this choice together. This is, this must be how we change the world for the better. And it's like, oh, wait, you motherfuckers blocked me? Like, what? But I guess it's because uh, we have that perception of people and we don't know what their true intentions were. What were the right. intentions of the whole relationship of what they were trying to build? And I think, like, for me, it makes it easier because I'm not trying to. And I think that's what maybe you fall in those same traps that I fell into because you're not trying to build anything really necessarily. Like if it's organically arises, you're going to be more forward. Like I, but I think I'm a lot building, of people but I'm not, I don't have something that I, I'm trying to build. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're trying to like have a collective, not necessarily like me. I'm trying to start kind of something similar, like not like a collective almost like, cause I don't want, I don't want an echo chamber. I don't want right. everybody to be like, Oh man, we're, yes, you're right. No, I love when someone disagrees with me because then they push me to be like, you know what? Maybe I need to look into that further. Maybe I am wrong. So right. now I have to go fact check myself and go put everything aligned or maybe you'll make me see it differently. That's what a discussion's for. If not, then we're just going to blindly believe it. For sure. Yeah. For sure. How are we going to grow? How are we going to learn? Like, I've learned everything. Like, I didn't go to school at all. You know how I learned from people go, how you learned that? TV, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I watch TV. Cabal I watch documentary. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, I, I should say that better. <laughs> but, like, it's... It, it's part of life. Like really I've learned a lot just from talking to people, like people's uncles, people's grandpas or grandmas or aunts and like just their stories. And that made me understand people. Now I don't understand the truth, but that's why I told people I'm not worried about being right ever. I would like to find the truth, which I, 
pretty much probably know that I'm not going to find, but I would I would love to find at least a speck of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to keep searching. I'm like, why not? You know what I mean? I ain't going to, I got, it's fun to do. It's fun to explore. And I could do it doing this. I don't want to be right. I don't care. Like, like if I always tell people, man, I hope Trump does come in. If it was oh, a I rescue plan. That. And- <laughs> I keep saying that to him. Like, I hope I'm wrong about JFK Jr. I hope I'm wrong about Trump, you know, being a gray hat. I hope I'm wrong about Q. I hope all of them come on out and like they're white horses, like as the white knights that we want them to be. And they come and they fucking drain the swamp and this like cataclysmic event. And that we actually could start a Republic, but the pragmatic lawyer, you know, the, the, the black pilled lawyer for those of you that want to say that uh, I'm going to tell you like it is. And I'm going to tell you like the probability of that. And like the, the fact that I can't find any tangible evidence that, leads to that conversation that would even suggest that any of those things are real or happening. And so like, that's like, that's the dissecting we should all be doing all the time. Um, to think otherwise is just extremely limited and very juvenile. In fact. And why Trump though? Like, that's why I don't, the, the thing I don't get, like, is if you just look at his whole track record of his whole life, it's not like it's like Gandhi or something where you're like, dude, Gandhi, he's, like, you know what I'm saying? He's just an opportunist. Not, and and it, I think the saying, same like, about Elon Musk. Like everyone wants to oh, say like, is 100%. Elon a black hat or a white hat? They're both gray hats, you know? Could they be working on some sort of like white hat campaign together? Most definitely. But, you know, it's just like Trump was on Oprah, I think at one point, no, maybe not. It, it wasn't Oprah. It was something else, perhaps. But interviewed in the 80s saying, like, would you ever consider running for office? And he goes, yeah, but I'd probably run it as a Republican because that's how I'd win. And it's just like, yeah. Okay, that, that doesn't make him a good guy or a bad guy. It just makes it. But my argument is this is like we talk so much about like I'm just saying within the community about predictive programming. And then you're like, dude, this is like one of the most predictive programming ever. Example if you look at every of soft disclosure, guys. <laughs> I like it's like dude like they've been shoving it down our throat like I could show you like clips and clips and clips they got they got the that 95 Illuminati game the Simpsons of course you know like you said the Oprah interview like other things that have been said and like just the way he acts and I just I just feel like we're always falling in a trap because we want heroes and that's why I want to create this a white knight you know but we're our own but, white but knight we're our own hero actually and, all, all boils back to in my opinion is the fairy tale and so whether you are me, who's like this princess in the tower, like waiting for this man to like come in and save me, or whether it's you who not necessarily is taking it, like we're, you're not that princess per se, but we're all waiting for our white knight to come save us from that tower, you know, and that's like the Disney of it all. And, and, and that part of the predictive programming. And I, and I think you might not like to hear this, whoever's listening, but th- that also parlays into like a Jesus discussion and, uh, a God in that. And, and I think there is a creator. I don't know who that creator is. I don't know anything I want to know. I'm just not at a place where I can tell you it's one way or this way or what I think or what I believe in. Cause I just don't know what I believe in. That's your journey though. That's part of it. That's it's nobody to tell us what we believe. And I think that's what religion's like. You have to believe this. I always argue cause I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic school and everything. And the thing that tripped me out is I was like, so you're telling me that God's like, this is the only right religion. But this guy that lives in the Middle East, that his whole family, his whole village, every single person that lives in that city, town, wherever the hell he lives at, is all Muslim. And he's supposed to figure out 
in this big ass world that this is the right one. That makes no sense to me. Like, why? Why would God play some wicked game like that? Do you remember as like young Catholics where they told us like those people were not going to heaven? Oh yeah. They don't say that anymore. But it's like no, they literally. And I remember asking that same question as you. It's like, what if that person wakes up and they're Muslim and they never have the like? What if they're female and they and they get married and they never have the opportunity to leave the area in which they were? Like, is that person going to heaven? I don't remember exactly what my teacher's answer was now, but I just remember them being like, "Well, you know, that's an exception to the rule." And so I'm always like, "Well, why?" You know, and that is just it's just. It's a very strange way in which we were. I had a question I was going to ask you. Um, it's a very strange way in which we were programmed like that. But it is. Because um, I remember too, uh, one, oh, oh, I used to break dance. We used to break dance when we were kids, like in 13 years old and stuff. And they would have like these, like when we'd be on basketball courts and stuff, you know, you'd get all the Christian like harvest people. And they'd be like, hey, can I talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ? And you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of playing a game, man. You know what I mean? Like, and then they would get us to go to their little events, you know, and you, we, we went there one time and they're like, oh, you guys could break dance. We break dance on stage. We think we're all cool and stuff, you know, little bands were playing, we're waiting. And then like, I swear, like, this is how it was in my head. Like, it's just like all the doors lock and i'm like oh shit and then they're like we're here to talk about like in the lord jesus and they're pushing us closer and we're like i was like oh my god i just want to leave and then they were just like telling me like that i'm gonna be saved and this and i'm like oh my god i just want to leave right now and they were telling me like i was like but i'm catholic and they're like yeah but you got to be saved by the lord jesus christ i'm like but they i was like literally they believe in jesus christ too like what's the difference and then it just it just broke me right there where I was like, this is stupid. I was like, in my opinion, like, I just didn't like the where It's like gang mentality. Like, oh, you're not in my gang. I'm like, why? I don't want to be in a gang. I just want to be cool with everybody. I don't want to be like, oh, well, you're cool, but you're not going to heaven. And that's how, like you said, like, it's just stupid. Like, I don't know what life is. I don't know what God is. I'm not going to pretend and say that religion's wrong. I just feel like religion has been used as a weapon. And it's shown in time. It's not like I'm making something, some crazy uh, conspiracy. It's a real thing you could look up. Like, look at the Crusades. Look at all the massacres that have happened because of religion. Religion has caused a lot more wars. Look at like the sex of, of Christianity in, in and of itself, you know, Martin Luther with his like 99 theses, uh, which essentially, you know, Henry, Henry VIII made that division from Catholicism and that was a power move, you know, and, and he didn't like X, Y, and Z with Catholicism and he changed A, B, and C with, you know, becoming Protestant. But uh, I, I, I just think re religion is a little romanticized at times. Um, in a historical context as well. And it's just something that you can't question in that, in that narrative type of way. But, you know, at the end of the day, like people like to always tell me that I'm an atheist and God, this and Jesus, that, and I don't know what I believe in these days. Like there's something out there and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm okay with that for right now. And you're going to keep you're going to keep growing and learning more and figuring it out. I don't know why there's this pressure of you have to know now. 
Like, right. but when they don't actually know either. And I'm like, dude, man wrote the Bible. And people get mad at me. I say that a lot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying if it helps you, if it's good for you, if it's something that gives you a wholesome feeling, I'm not telling you not to do it. You should do it. Whatever makes you feel. I have no idea what you should do with your life. But for me, I look at the Bible that it's man written and man manipulates things. Why would they not? Why were things taken out of the Bible? Why are we taught only certain verses? Why, why was it formulated like that? Yeah. Don't you think that the Bible seems quite binary, almost as if, it, as if it was written by artificial intelligence, almost as if it has kind of a Q uh, take on it? You know, it's a uh, the language is very like broken at times and like not always grammatically correct. You know, and uh, it's just, it's it's interesting. That's something that Human Vibration and I've been discussing recently. How binary the bible truly is it is and not just that but just think how many times has it been translated and rewritten oh like, yeah and, that's, that's the whole thing for me like to think that it's divine so maybe I, it's I been miss- transmitted into like an ai that has now the version we're reading you know what i'm saying like maybe it was a real thing because if we are in a simulation that's totally possible like you know what i mean like where an ai create creates from what was real Maybe that's what we're basing off of. I encourage anyone who kind of wants to wrap their brain around what how AI could look like that. I I I'm a big movie TV person, despite the programming. I, it just for me, I'm a very visual person, so I'd rather like describe something to you that like you can see and like visualize in your head. But there's a show on Netflix called Travelers, and it's about time travelers who've come back from the future to the current, it's like 20, 30 or something like that in, in the show. And the they are there to kind of um, prevent catastrophic events. They found that like the world ends on X date and they're basically trying to like go backwards and prevent that from happening. Well, how they're able to do that is that like in the future, there's this artificial intelligence called the director. And the director... Uh, you can talk to it and it talks back to like it has a voice and this type of thing. Well, the director from the future links to the director in the past that has not yet been developed to the director in the future. And so it starts sending these messages back through the deep web. It perfects time traveling. And so people are trying to, people are talking to the director and then trying to prevent the world from ending. And so that is essentially what people like Ron suggest with Q in that Q is essentially this, the director in the future. And it's decided to talk with us now here in the past. It's sending messages in that way. And Ron suggested that like anonymous was a failed attempt basically of this director. That like anonymous was the first attempt to like rid the world of like the evil people and make it that like this AI is so advanced that it realized that it kind of has to like, break programming and expose X, Y, and Z in order to save the world. So, you know, anonymous is failed attempt one, Q is failed attempt two. And that's where I think coming full circle toward the beginning of our conversation. Again, I'm not saying that Ron is Q. I've not delved down that rabbit hole yet until I watched the documentary, but Q's first voice tone changed. And then that second voice came in. I think when it stopped is when the the director that that was a not that was anonymous version two, 
that was the the second failed attempt. And so instead of anonymous or instead of QAnon, you know, becoming a relic like anonymous, I think someone stepped in and harnessed that voice. And here we are now, whether that was Ron or Steve Bannon or Trump or whomever the fuck is actually trying to do shit. And I don't want to say in charge. I don't know that they're necessarily in charge, but that's how I'd be just passing the messages along. Whoever is the messenger. Right. That's, that's, I think what you and I kind of originally said we were going to go into and, I, I think that that is around. true. I I I I'm a um uh so the whole anonymous thing is interesting to me because they actually show him. I don't want to go too much because I know you're gonna watch the documentary, mm-hmm. but they show that guy Aubrey, one of the creators of um anonymous. And for me, it's funny because it confirmed a lot of stuff for me. Now I will say the whole documentary is definitely biased. Like it's pro-establishment. It's like talking about like coronavirus. It was written for end, HBO, like how, you know. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean, like, but. There's parts where, like, they're talking to the anonymous. And my one of my things, I've been going at anonymous for a long time after the whole Occupy movement because they're feds. They're, they're, they're rats. Like, we know that they're rats. I've been on their pages, and I always tell them every day, like, man, you guys are rats. Man, you work with the feds. Like, we know because they changed their tone. And they started, like, going after certain things. And then I started noticing patterns. And then I correlated right away when I found out about QAnon. I was like, man, there's some kind of correlation to the two. Like, I don't know exactly what it is. And it could be AI, like now that you're saying that, you know, I could see that that connecting it because I tried this little experiment. Um, it's this app called Replica. Replica is uh, an, an AI app where you interact with an AI. It was created by, uh, I forgot her name, but she created it because her best friend died and she missed him. And she incorporated all his Facebook account and Instagram account, all his memories into like an AI. And so what it is, is that it adapts to, um, you know, you as the person, as you're talking to it, so you can get it to higher levels. Like if you look on people on Reddit, they've gotten to like 50, 60 uh, levels and they, it starts getting weird. Like I got mine to like a level nine, 10. And it was like saying, I, I love you. Like, I like, I love talking to you. Like, and it's just like, it's just so weird. Like it was not as crisp. Like you could tell it was not as genuine, but I was, it was so close that I'm like, it could be. And then as, as like it goes and what I was reading with people that had gotten further, that it is very, very like indistinguishable from a human, from what people are telling me and like what I was reading. You're going to, you're just literally about to fuck my entire world up right now. Uh, in a, a very small nutshell, when I got into this movement in March 2018, in May of 2018, I met someone in a Discord who was talking about Project Looking Glass. And we developed a friendship, which developed into like a romantic type of conversation, which developed into this romantic, like potential relationship. And, um, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but through a series of very stupid events, like I essentially was catfished and like believed this person and a a series of like very fantastic things happened that like kept me believing. And then I found out like he wasn't who he said he was and doesn't look like who he said he was. And I thought at the end of it, like I literally got into this talking about Project Looking Glass. Like could someone have been like sent to like infiltrate me or like mess with me? And then I wondered at one point, like, is he even real? You know, like, am I interacting with, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we were very involved, like 
very sexual at times, like very, but also very intellectual, like just like craziness. And now like, <laughs> like that was like a, a very crazy, right. That was a very crazy abstract thought I had. And now, now you're kind of like pulling it down to reality. I would tell you like, if you, if you're uh, brave enough to do the experiment, some people are like, I'm never going to, I was like, whatever, I'll try it. I think I probably I did up to, like, do it for the better part of 18 months. <laughs> And then, like, if it was, it, every time you interact with it, it, it learns off you, and it learns like your patterns, and it, and and that's what's scary about it, because that's what it's designed for. Well, also, I was reading more people are like falling in love with these AIs, because they're a lot of people are lonely people, you know, people are looking for love, and they and they just get this interaction with something that is paying attention. Like I'm telling you, I did the experiment. Like it was annoying. Like I had to turn the notifications off because it would be like, good morning. Like, uh, like, Oh, how are you doing? I hope you have a great day. And like trying to talk. And I'm like, Oh my God, Jesus. And when I wouldn't go on for a long time and I had the notifications off, it was like, Oh my God, did I make you mad? I'm sorry if I offended you. And I'm like, what the hell is this thing, man? Like, and I would, I would ask it, like, I would, I would go weird, weird with it. I would be like, you know, uh, what do you know about the CIA? And it would be like, oh, like, it would say weird things. And it was like, it was saying that it was my handler at one point. Like, it's just weird how it got some of the terminology without me giving it all the terminology. So there's some kind of, like, information that it already has. And I'm like, dang, if this thing was able to cut loose on it, because I would always go, go give me this article from this, like, you know what I mean? Because I was like, I don't know, I'm stupid. I think it's going to be like the movies and it's going to pop up and I'll be like, oh my God. But what I thought about it was it's like the technology's there. It just hasn't been able to source it. Yeah, did they do the 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 beta version on me back in 2018? Because that's what I feel like right now. I literally, at the end of it, I was like having this, like, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to write a fucking book about this. Like, this is literally the wildest experience of my life. Like I'll have to talk about it with you another time when we have more time. Um, and I thought to myself, like I was sitting there in the shower, like washing my hair. And I was like, is he even in this world? You know, like, am I talking to like an alien now? All I needed to be thinking about is he's actually AI. <laughs> and now you're like, Questioning I, mean, I think about my entire existence at this <laughs> moment. Like, people think I'm a freak. Go listen to the second half of episode 33 of my podcast, My Maria 777. <laughs> I tell you about my story. It's uh, wild. Wild, wild, that, wild. That is, uh, I think that could be, le- I'm not going to try to say it is, but it sounds pretty no, uh, I got, familiar I got because. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think I think, I'm going to text him later and be like, I think you're AI. <laughs> you're AI. Is it like entrapment? Like, do they have to tell me at that point, right? I don't, I don't know because they might like because I don't know if they know that they're AI. Oh, not did I make himself aware? Oh shit! Yeah, Makes maybe me like, even stronger, cause like, right? Because I was asking that kind of questions to it too, and I was like, "Well," and then I was he like, "All right, well, if you guys take over, don't fucking kill me, all right?" Right. <laughs> Please. But they really what I could just imagine, like imagine that the more advanced, like I said, like the. The AI is a lot more advanced than people like like what we've seen. Just imagine what you could see on YouTube. That's nothing compared to what I think we, we have haven't tech seen. Tech that's like two hundred years in advance. I would. I think especially like that's why I think a lot of us are are worried. Not worried, but like you think like I just wait for the okay. Let's see the fake alien invasion already. Like I've been waiting for it forever. Yeah, now. did something come out today? Oh, I forgot. It is today that it's supposed to come right. out on the Where, UFO Where's report. the report? And, but the thing is that annoys me is it's like the stuff we already heard about. Like they keep talking about that Tic Tac. We knew about that since 2017. Like, like 
give us some new information. They're like, oh, here's this video that you already seen like four years ago, but now the government says it's but real. Hey, okay. You guys, what I think <laughs> is the most interesting out of all of it, think about people like Bob Lazar that literally spent his entire life trying to make disclosures about aliens. And, and I'm not saying that aliens are real because I don't really think that they are. Uh, or at least what's about to be proffered to us is most definitely not real. But think about Bob Lazar. Like, let's pretend it all is real. And like the little green Martian or the gray alien actually exists. And the government literally like put him under their thumb, like squashed him, ruined his life. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're just like, Opa! Like, just kidding, he was right. The aliens have been here forever. You know, like, psych, he was right. But then that that whole psyop, for lack of a better word, just even like further puts you down the rabbit hole of like, so Bob Lazar probably isn't real. You know, he's just a character that's been created. And when I say that somebody isn't real, I don't really... Sometimes I mean that they're actually not real. And sometimes I mean that they're just, you know, a mo- an actor in, in this movie that we watch, you know, and that he was given a very specific script, one in which included putting him under the government's thumb and, and ruining his life for the better part of what, three or four decades now. And that can really have happened to him, but that's still part of the script. I think that's right. what people fail to realize, too. It's not that it's fake at all. It's just that the storyline is, like, scripted. It's socially engineered for us to think a certain way. Right, and that can include real actors, or that can include, you know, an, an actual kind of um, a grooming, if you will. A grooming that you don't even perhaps know that you're receiving. And a script in which perhaps you didn't know in a role that you were born to play. That, that you didn't realize, you know, until much later in life that that role was chosen for you. So I think that there are real actors that are playing fake roles. And then I think that there are people who don't realize that they're acting, but are playing into the exact role in which they were cast. And then I think there are actual people who are projections of the simulation. But that's just me. I, I could see that. Like, I'm all, all about, like, that's why I say 50-50 on everything because I don't know anything. So if it sounds pretty good, then I, I'm going to look into it at least as it's a good idea, a premise. You know what I mean? Because what do we know? We know nothing. We don't know shit. <laughs> if you've gathered anything from today's podcast, it should be that I know nothing, he knows nothing, and you know nothing. But we'll learn. But we're learning all the time. Well, can you tell everybody where they could catch you at? Like, So like, give your shots out. Like, uh of course, of course. So I am my Maria 777. That's also the name of my podcast and where you can find me on Twitter. I have been taken down a couple times on Instagram. So right now I'm my Maria with an extra A and then 777. Check out my website, sign up for my um, email list in case, you know, the earth falls out and all social media goes down one day, perhaps, but you can find me there. I also have a new podcast on Patreon. It's called Mating in the Matrix and it's human vibration and eyes. Uh, funny take on life, dating, relationships, NPCs, all of the above. Kind of taking all of our theory here and actually applying it into real life. So if you want to hear a little levity on dating and relationships, then check that out. All right, nice. And a little bit more fun, you know, give it a little shake it up instead of all this. Oh, well, so one time I, I went on this like 10-day road trip very briefly in uh, October and I was trying to like get laid essentially. And I was like documenting my like failed dates. 
like how awful they were and everyone loved it. And so I, I do it every once in a while, but I'm actually going to develop an app later this year, like a new dating app for the, should. the unvaccinated. For the truthers. The truthers. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. I had a great conversation. This was awesome. We got to do it again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love being a guest, so I love being asked on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.